Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic, and I am Peter. And I'm Mariano. And I'm Allegra. And this is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we're doing another anniversary. What Lies Beneath turns 20. 20 years old. 20. <laughs> this movie. Uh, crazy to say because this movie came out shortly after my first uh, my first son was born. So Aww. he just turned 20. Yeah. yeah happy birthday, Aww. Phoenix. Um now, before we get into um, the what lies beneath, something we discussed off mic, this is a supernatural psychological thriller, right? It's a whodunit. It's a mystery. We typically don't do this at the top of the show, but it's a movie that that came out, right? And I don't know how well received um, it was, but... After watching it last night, for me, I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I want to get you know straight into spoilers and stuff, which is how we do our reviews. So we'll we'll discuss this now. Um, what do you guys think uh, about this movie? Do you guys think that people need to go watch it, or you know, for those that are trying to be mindful of spoilers if they haven't seen this in such a long time? So my initial thought is, um, if you are a fan of that kind of whodunit, it um then i would say yes uh there are two veteran actors in there that are worth watching together their chemistry was fantastic um so um i would say yes if you are into that and it's very it has a very kind of hitchcockian feel to it so if you're into that kind of thing i would i would suggest it definitely and i would say ditto <laughs> did a harking back to uh, yeah. our ghost episode on, on, right. yeah, on the last uh, episode. I like that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The suspense, uh, suspense thriller, like you were saying, um, with a supernatural element. And again, if you're, why you know, don't don't find out from us. Like basically, if you haven't watched this and you you're interested, you know, go watch it, check it out. You yeah, know, you know, I, yeah, I, it's, I, it's, I, I think so. it's worth it's well worth it. I think. Yeah, I I think it's on what was it? Um Showtime or HBO? How, yes. how did you guys watch this? It, it's one of the uh, streaming It was Showtime, I believe. HBO Max. Oh, it was HBO Max. HBO, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, pretty sure it was HBO Max. Yeah, I was able to find find the streaming. Um definitely go watch it before listening to our review if you guys haven't seen this in a really long time. Um because my thought going into the movie was okay, I re- I remember when this came out. And I remember liking it and watching it last night. I was like, okay, there's definitely some things I have forgotten. So I would definitely jump on that bag and go watch this before listening to us um, spoil it because that that's going to ruin your enjoyment of the of the movie. So um, we'll just go ahead and, and get into the episode proper now. So what we do before we get into the actual movie reviews, we do take a look back at the time that this uh, movie released. And the only other movie worth uh, noting is Pokemon, the movie 2000, The Power of One. Wow. That came out in 2000. <laughs> Mariano, what's the look on your face? Because <laughs> I'm trying to be like, wait, what? There was a- wait, did I see that? I've probably seen it, right? I feel like you Yeah, I did. probably did. Because I used to watch Pokemon the show. Because I love Pokemon. Yeah, we- Pokemon was a staple in the house. So this is like an extension of the show, right? 
this this movie yeah right? you, you know what i did not watch this movie but uh i was actually working at the movie theater at the time and we had like the big old um cardboard like the 3d cardboard standees mm-hmm. and everybody was trying to like call dibs on the cer- certain pokemons and stuff <laughs> so i was never into it but i Somebody remember was really like, trying to catch them all you know yeah, for real and so people would like ask the boss like you know if they can have dibs on whatever and then they would go and write their name on the back of the pokemons so i remember that wow that's wow. a lot um by the way before i forget it is showtime what lies beneath this on okay. showtime so just currently so, just people know. there you go currently, currently on showtime, on showtime. Yeah. Um, for those that are interested. And the number one song at the time of this movie's release is Bent by Matchbox 20. I don't know that. I know Matchbox 20. Yes. Yes. I don't know Bent. Now, this isn't something I typically do. Um, you know, usually I would be like, oh, yeah, I don't remember that or whatever. I wanted to look it up because I was all like, band. What the, I mean, I had the same expression you, you guys just had on your faces. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I know that band. So I, I listened to it and go, okay, I do know that song. The surprise is that it actually reached number one. Huh, yeah. The surprise that any Matchbox 20 song would reach number one? <laughs> I mean, yes, that's I agree with you the, on that my one. shock. <laughs> my oh, personal no. shock. But it was the 90s, right? Yeah, was it the 90s? No, it was 2000 now. Oh, God. Oh, we're halfway through the 2000 for New this century. Movie. What the hell were we thinking? Yeah. And we by were... we, I mean everybody else out there now. Right. <laughs> I mean, um, let's see here. At number three, you had Aaliyah's Try Again. And also, okay. number four was It's Gonna Be Me by NSYNC. So that's kind of what we got going on. Mm. Um, just to, you know, what? we, most, a lot of our movies are like pre 2000. So let me just kind of run down the, some of the top 10 here, uh, higher by Creed at number seven. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember the Creed. Uh, <laughs> pink. There you go. At number eight, uh, real slim shady number nine. And oh, I wow. turned to you, Christina Aguilera at number 10. So oh, be geez. with you here. Be with you at eleven, and Enrique. So, good lord, who was number two? I don't think you read number two, two. Number two, number two. Vertical Horizon. Everything you want. Who the hell? <laughs> what is happening here? Was I alive at the time? Because I don't this remember that at all. We, <laughs> shit, at least I so remember we do Pokemon. The 90s, Jesus you know, Christ. Uh, on, on music in my brain. So the 2000s be be interesting. Oh, I completely skipped over Joe. I want to know at number five. I don't know how I did that. I love me some wow. Joe Thomas. Uh, Destiny's Child, jumping, jumping at thirteen. Uh, okay. Yeah, before right. uh, you know, Beyonce's still on the uh, on the team there. Jagged Edge, yeah, let's yeah, get yeah. married at fifteen. Oh jeez. Oh god, I remember that one? Jumping <laughs> <laughs> <been> number twenty. <laughs> wow, two thousand, you guys. <laughs> That's what you do first. You pick pimping, and then you get married. Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, <laughs> you know when you when you slow down, you know you calm down a little bit. <laughs> Oh, oh man, geez. that's interesting. What were we doing? Oh well, I was. Let me see. July. Okay, so he was having a baby. Uh, yeah, I had a brand he new baby. A baby. Yeah, I had a brand new baby. This was summer for me, so um, uh, so I do remember that this was about the time I went from working at the movie theaters to working at Blockbuster, uh, because What Lies Beneath came out when I worked at the theaters, and it came out on DVD while I was at Blockbuster, so. It's kind of funny there. And this was definitely one of the earlier DVDs that I had earned, uh, earned, ha- had owned, uh, on, on, including, um, The Sixth Sense. 
that came out the year ah, before. Ah, ah. Yeah, those, these were one of the first ones. So, um, Allegra, you know, I didn't introduce you as like a special guest because you're kind of like our third, you know, pod third wheel. style. Pod stallion. <laughs> but she, she will not get between Post-style Peter and myself. So just so everybody out there is worried. Yeah, so, no, I'm not here to break be, up the... Yeah, she may I'm be not a third the, uh, <laughs> What is it? The side chick or what have you? Oh, no, I'm not going there. <laughs> I think you used the wrong term there, Allegra. No, look. But she's not going to ruin She's not gonna ruin us, just so you know out there. She's the third wheel, but she's the not... The Yoko Ono, as it were. Gonna, no, no, I wasn't no, going to no. go there because I feel like she's kind of bad rap, but... She did. She yeah, definitely did. Including me giving her that bad rap throughout yeah. the years. Yeah, you oh, participated you know, now that you that? think about it as an adult, you're like, you know what? I think that's fucked up. You shouldn't like just put it all on Yoko Ono like the band. Wasn't gonna break up, but that's we're going on a tangent. We're going way far. But if anyone that's been listening to us for like over a year now, um, especially Mariano, since you've uh, become the 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 co-host, I think we all know that Allegra watches these movies with you, and she only wants to jump on when she likes the movie. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So she stayed away from Ghost. That's a good call. So I I was a little surprised. I was just like, oh, maybe there is um, some other specific reason. Um, Who knows? We we might be showing your hand a little bit here. Uh, But we will start with you and just um, tell us uh, what you remember about this movie when it came out. Did Did you watch it then? Was this your first time? Right. So, um, so when it came out, uh, I did not watch it in the theaters. Mariano and I actually watched it for the first time, maybe a a year or two later, a couple of years later. Okay. Uh, It was within a year. It was yeah. within a year. Yeah. It was out on whenever it came out on DVD, on on home release videotape. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Um, and I don't really know why I didn't go to the theater for it. I feel like maybe that was the beginning of me um, not wanting to go to the theater unless it was an action type thing or something that was visually um, phenomenal. Okay. Um, and uh, so. So she was waiting for Gladiator to come out in a few years. So yeah. Correct. Wasn't it this so, year? Gladiator came out two thousand. Did it? Oh, I'm shit. Pretty sure. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. it's pretty old. Holy crap. Um, so anyway, uh, my thoughts are um, when we rented it, we were thinking, oh, Michelle Pfeiffer and um, Harrison Ford, uh, both of whom are my faves. I always say faves until further notice because folks are getting called out these days. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, those are my um, longstanding faves, especially Harrison Ford, because I am a, a Star Wars person. Um, so I was like, oh my goodness, like um, Harrison Ford in some sort of, you know, uh, pairing with Michelle Pfeiffer and let's see what this is all about. Didn't really know what I was getting into, just kind of being like, oh, these two, let's watch it. It's got to be good with these two in it. And that was where it began for us and our viewing. Um, And then for me, when I saw it, I was just like, oh, okay. And I love going into movies that way where I don't really know what I'm getting into, um, but I know that I like the actors that are um, in it. And so when they do something like a, um, a you know, whodunit, a murder mystery, and then they throw this element of, you know, surprise or, or uh, what do you call it, uh, mysticism mm-hmm. into it, it makes me really feel excited because of the fact that i really love those kinds of things where it it like surprises you you know it's like a interesting surprise 
So Allegra didn't go to the theater for this because she saw Gladiator two months earlier. <laughs> yeah, two months earlier. Okay. In May. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> I only don't remember that because the, when I went to see Gladiator in the movie theater, um, I was maybe partaking a little too much, <laughs> just a little too much, along with a fifth of uh, tequila with my mm, homies. Okay. So... For some reason, I didn't like Gladiator, and then later on, I watched it again. I'm all like, "What the hell was I thinking? This movie's great!" So yeah. I was really, um, you know, uh, for medicinal purposes, by the way, just so you know. Oh, of course. Uh, yes. You and your friends times. were doing it for medicinal purposes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we were all about the medicine. It. I mean, we thought we 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 were all about Earth, you know, and healthy living. And if it grows on the Earth, you can anyway. Let's That's just keep true. going. This is true. Let's just keep going. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> I, uh, I do remember watching it in the theaters because that's when I worked there, and um, so we're since we're in spoiler territory uh, right now, I'm gonna just throw this out to you guys to see if you guys caught it. Did you guys see anything pretty much like the last few frames before the movie faded to black and ended? Um, Wait, right before the end, right before um. Yeah, so you so we remember where uh, Claire was, right? She she's at the at the um, the cemetery, right? The, right, the right. Grave. yes, right. And mm-hmm. as she's walking away, and it fades to black, you see uh, what what's what is the character's Madison's uh, face in the snow? Oh, oh, yeah. I did not see. No, that. I didn't catch that. Yeah, actually, so no. I'll, I'll have to um, find a screenshot or something. I'm sure there's a screenshot since this movie is over 20 years old. But as she walks right. away, you can kind of see Madison's face in the, in the snow. It's like it's big, you know. So oh, like man. they superimposed Whoa. it into the snow as, as if like she was kind of watching, or maybe it was like a thank you. Um, that is something that's, I always remember. Cool. And so oh, wow. I I would uh, before the movie gets out, and you know I if if I was on duty to clean the theaters, you know that day. I would go in just right before the movie ended just to see if I hear any reactions to that because a lot of people missed it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when it came out on home release, it's you know you can pause it and and, and see it, but it, it's definitely there. So that's Was it a, like a quick flash then, because um, yeah, yeah, we obviously missed it. it. It's, okay. it's it's kind of like it, it blends in with the ground so well, like you have to like you have to know what you're looking for to see it. You know, it's not really uh, overt. Is that the right word? Where it's just yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's not. Um, you just have to look for it, but. The other thing is, like, I remembered so little about this movie. Obviously, I'm familiar with the bathtub. I just, and, and, and I kind of remember her being, like, all paralyzed and stuff um, like that. But everything else I feel I, I remembered about this movie was parodied in, like, a scary movie. Oh. <laughs> scary movie, too. <laughs> you know, I almost remember that better than I did What Lies Beneath. I feel like that happens a lot, Peter. It kind of does. <laughs> like, you rem- remember it uh, parodied in, in other movies. Right. But, but also, like, it. this movie, it, okay, so uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, I feel that was another big reason that I watched it. But Harrison right. Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer, they're both really good in here. But Michelle Pfeiffer, oh, my God, she's like the MVP in this movie. Yes. She was yes, so yes. good. She's really good. She, yes. you know, I mean, this movie doesn't, it's not dialogue heavy. So you're just watching her do things and react. And um, I think that's what it is most of the time. And she, she's, she's pretty good. Did you guys see who wrote the screenplay for this movie? Oh uh, yeah, um, Clark Gregg. Yeah, yeah, dude, I yeah. know. Agent Coulson. Uh, Coulson. <laughs> Agent Coulson. <laughs> this I know. A, I'm like, dude, first, I saw that. Uh, I was like, Agent Coulson script. wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> so I was all like, oh my god, that name looks too familiar. That cannot be Coulson. <laughs> and I had to click just to be sure, and it was right. So, very which surprising. by the way, um, he just they just he just broke up with Jennifer Grey. 
their marriage just broke up. Yeah, yeah they've been married for like almost twenty yeah, years. Yeah, right. That is crazy. I, I, I know. Didn't, right? I didn't even know they were together. And I I'm, didn't either. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that they're not that you know couple that you often hear about. You know, so um, right. kudos to them for for staying out of the public eye. Uh, you know, whereas another couple has has just gotten into the public eye. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Oh God! Mrs. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, jeez. But you know what? Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. That's gonna that's... date this episode. Um, yes, it. <laughs> all right. So where do, where do we want to go from here, you guys? The, I'll this say movie, this. It, let me let me throw this in real quick. This yeah. this um, I don't know if this was the idea for the movie, but it does come off of. Oh, I love Vera Window. How interesting would it be is if he was actually mobile and not strapped to his uh, wheelchair the entire movie? I mean, I could see that just because the whole thing, it was Hitchcockian, right? Mm-hmm. It was Alfred Hitchcock-esque. And I think, I don't know, did you read anything about that, Allegra? Like, he, Zemeckis was thinking in those terms? I don't know. Maybe I read that uh, somewhere wrong. I don't think that um, Zemeckis was thinking in those terms. But um, when I was reading about um, Robert Zemeckis, I was looking at um, kind of what the feeling was when he was doing this movie because he was actually actually filming another movie at the same time that he was doing uh, What Lies Beneath. Or Castaway. Um, yeah, Castaway. Thank you. And so, um, but I was kind of like reading about him. All of a sudden, I went down a Robert Zemeckis rabbit hole. Um, and I was reading about him. And then one of the things that they attributed to this movie was Hitchcockian, but I don't think it was, it was Zemeckis him saying it. Okay. Saying right. it. Mm. Well, it definitely had that feel. I mean, even, even with, you know, who did the, 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 um, the score, right? Yep. Ellen Silvestri. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. It's so, very evident, especially towards the end. <laughs> right. You can, you can definitely feel, you can, you can hear it. But, um, but I feel like even with his score, um, it did have that 1940s to 60s thriller. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Particularly Alfred Hitchcock, right? So it had that feel the whole time. And um, and the one thing that we were saying about Michelle Pfeiffer, her facial expressions were phenomenal. Like she, okay, by the way, I'm just going to say this. I don't know if anybody heard this before. Like I said it a million times. <laughs> I, I I really, really like Michelle Pfeiffer. She's this like movie one of my is perfect faves. for the both of you. Oh my God. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Allegra, I Harrison remember Ford- <laughs> when Phoenix and I reviewed Indiana Jones, I, I feel like, you know, you provided feedback for each of those and said, you know, how much you love Harrison Ford. You might have mentioned it on a, if we did a Star Wars episode, I'm sure you mentioned it then too. I'm sure uh, I did. I'm, I feel, but yeah. So yeah, watching this uh, and then knowing that Allegra was going to join us, and I was like, oh, that's right. They both love these actors too. <laughs> yes, yes. So um, the one thing I would say before before we go yeah. on, just uh, as we were bringing up Peter, um, how do we feel about Harrison Ford actually being a fucking shit? Okay, like, so that's, this character twist, not right? Ford. That's about halfway through the movie. Right. So the thing is, um, that was the pleasant surprise because normally, um, I'm used to seeing, um, I, I used to call him the accidental hero because everything that I would see him in, he was kind of reluctant, but heroic in a reluctant way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was nice to see him be a scoundrel, but the scoundrel that is actually the bad guy. You know what I mean? Not just the, oh, lovable scoundrel Han Solo or accidental hero Indiana Jones, you know? Like, um, so it was really a pleasant surprise, um, because he did it so, he did it in a way that he, it, it was like encompassing all of those characters he's played before. And so that you could be like, 
almost doubting yourself that he is the bad guy that he was the murderer um and and even at the end you're kind of like but did he but you know he did you know you know it's funny you said uh watching it this this time around where i haven't seen it since we watched it i think we right did it, right so it's been 20 years yeah same um Watching Harrison Ford um, throughout before we know, before the movie tells us that he is really the the one who committed this, you know, even though at first he states that she she killed herself, right? That's what he was saying about about um, Madison. Madison, yeah. Madison. Oh. Anyway, so um, <laughs> little wins, you guys, little wins, uh, small victories. Uh, but his expressions, again, this is goes to good acting. You can kind of see we're like, oh, gee, there's certain expressions he does as as his wife is talking about her like supernatural like you know uh issues here and how things are going along where you can he he's kind of telling us that he ain't shit but we don't know if you're watching it the first time you don't really catch it because it's basically a you know a marriage husband and wife going back and forth and she's bringing up this like shit that seems like you know if you're on the other foot you're like what the hell are you talking about you know what i mean but you kind of like want to support but at the same time wonder like what's going on here do we need to get some help for her whatever you know what i mean that kind of stuff so it all it all tracks but you can see it in his face at times. It cracks here and there that he is the motherfucker who killed Madison, but he's playing it off. He's totally gaslighting her the whole time, you know? So it's it's really, it was really like, it's acting, great acting from both. It was a lot, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, I have a, I've always had like a little bit of a crush on her. I think that she has this really, um, she has a sensuality about her that shows through in a lot of the characters that she played. She was Catwoman um, in 1992's um, Batman Returns. And that was one of my favorite Catwoman women. <laughs> um, because, you know, she has this kind of vulnerability, but also this sensuality. And um, she, in this particular role in what lies beneath um she is feeling particularly vulnerable because she's having her empty nest um situation going on where her daughter's going off to college their only daughter and she's feeling kind of like well what what the fuck do i do now like i'm not even a celloist anymore um like what do i do and so then harrison ford comes in and he's you know, they it's clear that they have a very um, kind of physical uh, attraction still and they love each other. But, you know, he was being pretty dismissive of her. And it just was very um, as I was looking at her and trying to relate to what she was going through. And I can to a little bit of an extent. Um, and it was just kind of like all of these emotions going through and then for her husband not to be 100% supportive was really um it was a really good way of depicting it it made the their coupling feel very realistic right when cuz not everybody's relationship is perfect you know and marriages are not easy right <laughs> so um but i love the kind of sensuality that she brings to her characters too especially in that moment when madison is essentially possessing her and you, they did this beautiful thing that I didn't think I caught when I first saw it, where they changed the color of Michelle Pfeiffer's eyes when um, she was uh, attacking, mm -hmm. you Harrison know, Harrison Ford, Ford yeah. in the very first kind of um, possession. And I was like, damn. And she was super hot, too. I was just like, <laughs> damn, Michelle, yeah. like, 
You, you still got it, girl. <laughs> they, they make it a point, too. I mean, she outright says it like, oh, she looks like me, but with green eyes. So, like, when yes. you see the green eyes later, you're like, oh, shit. Um, let's, let's give the listener, listeners some context in the event that they, you know, haven't seen it in a long time and just wanted to listen anyway. So, you mentioned it. I completely forgot about the daughter because... Um, you know, it, it's like it's really early on that her daughter leaves to college and we never see her again, basically, unless it was, uh, like in a flashback in one moment. But, um, she witnessed, she thinks she witnesses her, um, next door neighbor get murdered by the husband. And then you start questioning whether she's crazy. Did it really happen or whatever? And then Harrison Ford is her husband who's very absent. Which I feel he probably buries himself in his work um, because of his guilt, you know, for causing her um, her car crash. Right? We find that out. That's a big of a, a bit of a twist too. And then she discovers that there's this missing girl because there's a newspaper clipping. Harrison Ford, what are you doing keeping that that clipping? Um, I mean... First off, and then uh, yeah, she slowly starts to you know, peel back the layers and find out that her husband was the one that might have been um, responsible for the disappearance of this young woman uh, by the name of Madison, who, yeah, looks like, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, so that's, you know, that's the reveal and the twist and basically the gist of it. And we, you know, kind of been getting into some of that detail. But this movie, at least... So, uh, Mariano, you mentioned Ellen Silvestri um, scored, composed, you know, the score for for this film... His sound is so recognizable. It it really messed with my psyche. I feel when there was like no music, you know, mm-hmm. which is like wow. I, and I've never seen him do anything like that too. Which, by the way, like Robert Zemeckis, this is like outside of his wheelhouse. You know, he likes to um, adapt. You know, previous properties. You know, like your Christmas Carol, your uh, Polar Express, all these things. I think he does really well. When it's a freaking original piece like like this, I've never seen him do a, a thriller before, and I thought he really did it well. Um, there's a lot of things to like in here. Uh, there's one moment where uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, who plays Claire, where she was walking through the house, and all of a sudden she turns around and she's like in Harrison Ford's like uh, he she's at his work like the transition there. So yeah. at first I was like, is she imagining this? But no, she was interacting with his colleagues and stuff. And I was like, oh my God. So that was, that was really a nice touch right there. I, I've never seen him do that before. Yeah. Um, I really liked that too. The directing was really cool. That was one of the things that I was reading about Robert Zemeckis too, was that this was definitely outside of his wheelhouse and that he normally um, likes to incorporate a lot of um, technology in terms of um, special effects and stuff to do things that are kind of, you know, out uh, out of the ordinary or cutting edge mm. sort of things. And um, I got a bit of that through this too because I don't think um, until that point I had seen anything quite like this in a murder mystery. One of the things that um, 
that stood out for me and was definitely Hitchcockian was that absence of sound because Mm -hmm. of the fact that um, and for as problematic and as Hitchcock Hitchcock was (laughs) as his history comes out, his personal history comes out. I do love his style. His his directing style is one of my favorites. Um, And it's because of the fact that he would do things that were just a slight little like adjustment, but that meant a lot, you know, in terms of the viewing, you know, um, as a viewer, really appreciating it. So that absence of sound, like you said, fucked with your psyche a bit because it was like, well, what do I do? Like, what's what's about to happen? It make it it builds up a little bit of anxiety, and I love that, especially when it comes to a murder mystery. You know, Robert Zemeckis was kind of was this a brilliant uh, directorial uh, film? You know, directed film. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he really used a lot, like you said, not just sound, but visually. There was a lot of different visual aspects. Like, there's a scene that that comes to mind in my head is like the use the use of a rearview mirror or side mirror in the car. As you know, this is towards the climax, I believe, and and because you're building the suspense of where where um, Harrison Ford oh, is, Harrison Ford is um, Norman, Norman, right? I don't know why Norman, <laughs> Norman, yeah. <laughs> um, and there's this like, because because the you know the music is at a certain level. Mich- uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character is like uh, you know obviously frantic because of the whole situation of her being pal- all, the whole thing that just happened in the house, and you see like the 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 mirror. And it's almost like, is it her POV, like looking at the mirror, but the camera's on there and, and you're trying to see if you can, can catch Norman like anywhere because there's that, right? So I don't know. It was just one of those things where like, oh, and, and that reminded me of Hitchcock too, but it wasn't, I don't remember ever Hitchcock ever using that to be honest, but it seemed like something that he would do because there's certain angles and certain ways that you do, sh- you know, different shots that, that Hitchcock was, you know, that's why he was so, you know, famous and, and good is because he used his use of the camera work. Um, and direct, you know, directing style or whatever. You know, and like Allegra said, even though we, you know we're finding out that he was like a real yeah, piece of shit trash. himself. Actually, he was pretty trash. So, but man, Semeca's really directed the hell out of this. Like it was, I don't know. I was like, I, I, I wasn't sure how I was gonna feel about it this time around, right? Because it'd been twenty years. You know, sometimes right. Peter, we do this all the time. We're like, yeah. like, oh man, I haven't seen this in a long time. And then you come back and you're like, eh, it was just not that great. Or come back and be like, oh, this is pretty good. I'm surprised. But this is kind of pretty much stayed on the same level to me like the same you know like even though i knew that harrison ford's that norman was pretty much the bad guy quote unquote on this film mm-hmm. um it still was a good ride you know what i mean it was still good like to see her from 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 michelle pfeiffer's perspective like uh, the the right unraveling the different layers of what really happened and dealing with a supernatural event you know like the bathtub scene with the you know with um madison showing up and you know, her seeing that and of course the neighbor situation was just like a whole other thing going on that wasn't, you know, what she thought it was. It was just I don't know, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. She I mean she's coming um Claire is coming at this uh, you know, from uh, a very traumatic event. The they said that her car wrapped around a tree, you know, because she went eighty miles per hour after having witnessed, you know, her um or walking in on like her husband having an affair you know uh right the uh, one thing we haven't even mentioned and um just because okay so the runtime scared me going into the movie i saw like (laughs) yikes (laughs) uh, over two hours um you kind of feel it at times but i you know I, i think that's just them building suspense the other thing to point out is there's some really nice 
uh, comedic moments as well. James Remar, who plays the yep. husband next door, completely forgot it was him. Um, <laughs> you know, people remember him from Warriors. Uh, he played Raiden in the second Mortal Kombat movie. But the since since um, Claire Dexter's dad, yeah, I was Dexter's about to dad. say I remember him as Dexter's dad on the show. On the Dexter. show, oh, is that yeah. right? I didn't know that. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, did, I didn't yeah. know he was on and the I, show. Okay, and I knew I, mean, I knew him from that, but then when uh. And all coworkers was like, "Hey, he was in the Warriors." And I was like, "Oh shoot!" And, I'm, and I watched the Warriors again. I'm like, "Oh shit, that's that's him." Oh yeah, Just, like super young. Yeah, but mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but since he was uh, accused of killing his wife, there's that moment where Claire <laughs> sees him again at like a, a party that he pretends to like strangle his wife. <laughs> I know that was such a dickish <laughs> move, dude. It was, <laughs> it was terrible. It was funny though, but it, it was, was like it was such funny an asshole. Well. <laughs> I, and, and when it happened, I was like, I remember that now. So this was almost <laughs> like watching a brand new movie. I remembered maybe three or four like little details, very, very little. Um, but I also caught myself covering my eyes like four times. <laughs> Mariano and I did that where we're like, oh, shit, that happened, you know? Hey, yo, I did jump when when uh, Madison showed up on the reflection in the tub. In the tub, like, yeah, the I was first like, time. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Yeah, just I right like, next to her. I was yeah. like, God damn it, they got me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the wife, uh, James Remar's wife, was played by Miranda Otto, who um, I most recently saw her in um, Sabrina, the um, remake of Sabrina on Netflix, yeah. The Teenage Witch. And, but um, I was introduced to Miranda Otto um, on the Lord of the Rings trilogies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's just packing her bags. Two. She was going to New Zealand. Because <laughs> like, like the next year they filmed uh, The Two Towers. <laughs> You're right. Right. Um, <laughs> so that's where I most notably uh, recall her. But I really like Miranda Otto. Yeah. Oh, and she was in... Um, well, was she was it? in Homeland. Homeland. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, the television see, show she's, show she's good. I, I think mm-hmm. what helped me is I, I almost didn't know anybody in here. James Remar, I knew... Uh, Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer, Joe Morton, who plays uh, Claire's therapist. You know, shout outs to uh, Miles Date. No, Miles Dyson from um, Terminator 2, right? Is that his name? Miles yeah. Dyson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it, Dyson? Yeah. Um, well, Di- Dyson's uh, his yes, 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 Skynet. yes, 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 Skynet. Yeah, yeah, Skynet. Yes. The guy Skynet. Yep. So mm-hmm. that's it. I, I did not recognize anybody else. So I, so I like that because, you know, certain, certain actors, they, um, may be hired because they're known for similar roles. You know what I mean? Mm. Like freaking if. Uh, I don't have a really good one to throw in this particular movie. I was going to say John Turturro. You you see him in an Adam Sandler movie. You know he's there for comedic relief because uh, it's John Turturro. Like why else would he be in a Sandler movie? Right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the uh, Claire's best friend Jody, played by Diana Scarwood. I don't know her either, but I also loved when they were doing the seance and she just kept on laughing anytime. Right. <laughs> you know, Claire would call for Madison. Like I, I, that felt very real to me. That's that's what your friend yeah. would do because they, they, yeah. they, you're you're nuts. Um, so I really I really liked her character too. Yeah. No, everybody was really good. Yeah. I think I think having a good cast, like, and again, the, the main you're right. The main focus is on Claire. It's on her reaction to this whole again supernatural situation, um, and of course, coming to terms that her her husband's a killer, <laughs> who was also cheating on her. Right. Oh my god. And also, the car accident kind of messed up her memory too, if I'm not mistaken, because she yeah, yeah. figured out that he was cheating on her, and that's how she ended up getting upset and driving off and hitting a tree or whatever. But uh, but it's interesting how that happened, right? Because of that. But her friend and other people keep bringing up that she crashed, like, almost, you know, given, like, putting her to blame for it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. This is kind of a weird, hmm. it was kind of a weird, um, way, kind of thrown to her face as she got into a car accident. 
That's kind of how I felt. Hmm. I don't know. That's that's what I got it. I don't know if you I guys was, feel that way. I didn't. I felt like they were trying to. I felt like people were treating Claire very delicately. The way that I saw it was they would kind of omit certain details or just kind of leave it like floating in the air like a thought bubble mm-hmm. and would just kind of um, keep Claire at, at arm's length to a certain extent because they felt like she was very fragile. And I think that's the way that I saw people treating her. And so I think that was also interesting because Claire is much stronger than that. And we see that um, with her, with this this whole, you know, progression throughout the film. But everyone, I kept feeling like everybody was being very gingerly with Claire and making and being like, are you okay? You're going to be okay? And it's like, and Claire's looking at people like, seriously, like, settle down, <laughs> you know? So, yeah. I, I, know, I, feel, I, I guess so. I, I don't know. I just feel like a couple of times there were, it was thrown in her face that so she got into the accident, almost like saying, oh, well, you got into this accident, so that's probably why you're xyz you know mm. going, going like a little like you know you have issues with your you know with your you have like maybe mental issues right now or whatever and i, I don't even know i don't know if the therapist brought it up too that she got into the car accident so like I, I don't know i just felt like there was a little bit of that too on top of you know there's that there's also the gaslighting from from her um uh, norman you know and and it's all these things that made her doubt herself she was doubting herself a lot because you know of course you'd be like i saw a ghost i just thought i saw my neighbor bring out a rug in the middle of, by the way I'm sorry, what but the hell? bringing out a huge ass rug into the trunk when it's raining in the middle of the night, eh, a little suspicious, you know it's what so I mean? suspicious. I don't want to be a Karen here, but I, I wouldn't call the cops, but I'm just saying I would be like, eh, something's going on here. <laughs> but so I, I get it. I mean, it, it's all part of the buildup, right? There's, lo- there's a lot of subtleties as far as like how, how they're making her or how the outside world is making her feel about herself along with how she's feeling about herself, doubting everything, but knowing there's something there, you know what I mean? So it's, it was, I don't know. It was yeah. pretty good. The um the the neighbors the the f- let me see was it the f- for fears um it's is a it's a whole red herring like that entire oh, yeah. uh, plot point and uh, I I do like it because like you know you think about the shoe with the blood stain on it like what what is that what is that about right. you know is that Madison's shoe like I don't think that ever gets addressed it's just it could have been paint it could have been paint absolutely you know yeah so and and also did you notice like I mean earlier I mean you probably did too but earlier on when when she has an interaction from from uh, the other side of the fence oh my and God. all of a sudden you see you see uh, uh you see a neighbor's eye you know yeah, what I mean right? but that you freaked see, me out but they show her eye and it's almost like I, I don't I don't remember the color uh, I think it was color. blue I think she had blue okay. eyes okay just just when I'm like is that like throwing something out I was like ah oh, be on the lookout for eyes there's a significance there so there was like a little I think there were little pieces here and there um and callbacks, you know, as you go further down into the film, which, you know, I mean, we, if we know Robert Zemeckis and the way he, he directs, you know, we, you know, we talked about Back to the Future not that long ago on Postalgic. And it was like, there's a lot of callbacks. Yeah. There's usually, there usually is. And that he's really good at continuity. I think that's the thing, particularly Back to the Future, a time travel film. Continuity is a motherfucker, basically. Oh, yeah. We're, we're here. It's like maybe, maybe it's slightly easier. It's still... It's still pretty good as far as like this film's concerned. Oh yeah, P- p- pretty good setup. I don't have like a uh, a clear example, but I remember watching it. I go, "Huh, yeah." They they dropped that little tidbit early on, so when we when we get it later on, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, the whole neighbor thing, like I was just, I was just like, um, I kind of misremembered again. Like it, this was almost watching a brand new movie. I was starting to think that the 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 neighbor was the missing girl. And mm. and her husband was like a projection of Norman, 
you know, from Michelle Pfeiffer's um, uh, point of view. So I thought that was going to be the reveal because when they sit down and talk, it might have been even through the fence or when her uh, when she comes to visit Claire later on after realizing that she is indeed alive. Um, I felt like the story that she was telling might have been from the point of view of Madison. And then we find out that's that's not even her. It's just another another woman named Mary. Right. I like the idea of um, like what you were saying, where people are kind of throwing Mariano, you were saying people are kind of throwing things back at her, um, but uh, back at Claire. But I also feel like um, the little subtle hints that they were dropping just to refer to what you're saying, Peter, the little subtle hints that they were dropping was about um, how actually insecure Norman is. Everybody was being so coddling of Claire, in my opinion, being very coddling of Claire. But it was actually Norman who was the most insecure because there were little moments where Claire would be like, you're so, um, you know, defensive about your father and blah, blah, blah. And we, we only got a little tidbit of what that was. And and it there was a certain amount of realism to that. It didn't irritate me that we didn't get a full story about what happened to the father. Just a little bit, but mm-hmm. not like the full blown relationship. Who knows that we got dropped into this couple's life at that moment and them kind of moving through whatever um, events were happening from that point. And I like that because it's like, it was literally like being a voyeur and we were being a voyeur of Claire and Norman as sh- and Claire was being a voyeur of the Fuhrers, you know? So it was like this kind of like uh, meta stuff happening. But I love that, that feeling of, little hints that were being dropped to make us realize that Norman was actually the one that was the most insecure and therefore went through this whole thing. And Claire had to, you know, deal with the effects of that, you know? Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about like some of the jump scares and the one that I think uh, was really effective because of, um, of how tense it was. Mariano, you you mentioned like the use of the, the side mirror when she was driving off in the car I like the, the the use of the binoculars at one time when she was watching the husband eating dinner. Mm, yep. yes. She looks up that at one moment, one. he's looking at her, mm-hmm. and then she walks over to another window panel, looks again, he's gone. She's looking all around, can't find him, and then she, all of a sudden she sees footsteps in her lawn. Right. <laughs> and yep. they're like, oh, what's going on? And all of a sudden, like, Harrison Ford just happens to, you know, put his hand on her shoulder, so... Um, this movie, you really have to just like dismiss a lot of things. Cause there's things that come up where you're just like, okay, well, that makes no sense. I, I think Harrison Ford is a terrible murderer <laughs> here. Like, right. he, I mean, so why, why is Madison's key in the air vent? You know, like, did, right. did, did, did you guys it's have really an dumb. insight on that? Like, w- did it just drop? Yeah. It doesn't make sense because that's the box that he, the box with the threw away, belong- which right, you threw why, away. Why would you throw that? So why into not the throw lake? away the keys <laughs> unless the keys fell off? I don't know. It's it, you're right. It's very weird. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of one of the big ones, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. didn't understand that either. Um, I I kind of didn't understand the 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 point of the box. I mean, right. I get it, but in my personal opinion, I was like, did we really need that? No, <laughs> we no. already found I mean, out that he was um, ain't shit. You know? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, you can take it a few different ways. I mean, the the key a little convenient that the design of like the bottom part of the key is like the same symbol 
at the hotel they might have been staying at, you know, for right. one of those uh, late night caps kind of thing. And so while they were there, he happens to buy her a little... Like keepsake or something, right? Keepsake yeah. box w- with a necklace from the same store. <laughs> so, right. Well, I think I think it just shows, like you were saying, he's a terrible murderer. He's also a terrible uh, philanderer. Like he's not really good. You know what I mean? He's just he's leaving clues all over the place. He wants to get caught. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, like it. Feel like just that, right? thrilled out of it. <laughs> I feel like it plays um, into the role of his cockiness as a you like know like weird you insecurity. You're saying that, that weird, weird insecurity, insecurity is overcompensating by over exactly that all plays into that. that Correct. Makes sense. So and and the and then wrapping it back around to how people keep treating Claire as if she's this fragile little thing that's not going to figure something out or is too delicate to talk about certain things. So hmm. he particularly was the one being the most kind of uh you're losing it claire you're da 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 da. so of course he's gonna be pretty haphazard in his you know uh extramarital you know dalliances so from what i understand he went he took he took uh he was seen by claire's friend at um a restaurant with uh madison and the restaurant is in this little ass town or whatever, artsy fartsy town. Mm-hmm. And across from there is that shop that has all these boxes and, and necklaces and stuff with the same design. I guess that's the that's the only design that the artist knows. So he, they're, they're putting it in everything, <laughs> right? Right. That's it. <laughs> and he bought her a necklace and a and a box with the same design or whatever. So that's on him being kind of like again. I think you're right. Like he, he probably thinks Claire is stupid, absolutely, or not observant or whatever. Right. So all those things and, and the whole like him, you know, and again, like overcome over confidence, but also very insecure because every time somebody mentioned his dad, he had this look in his face and it was like, you know, your dad, if your dad was a super genius, you're, you're smart, too. But I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Right. And yeah. the other thing I'd like to mention just to kind of support that is that Claire was um his like. 20 years or something his uh junior like he is older than her and they met um as she was a i guess a student somewhere or something like that she's a concert cellist right so she already had her own career going on but uh there was something about uh, there was a little bit of a mention of him being a bit older than her and then and then they kind of played off of that It, it, it i got this feeling that they were doing this thing of you know norman she was always gonna look up adoringly to norman because he was this older man and she you know what i mean like that mm. whole feeling I th- they i think he downplayed her whatever her like her own career was because the thing is like why did she drop a whole ass career where she was really good by the way her friend was mentioning how fucking good she was right mm-hmm. and yet she went off with this scientist dude or whatever and pretty much dropped the music altogether so who knows what her resentment is in general about that stuff but also like he you know he's got this you're right he's got this whole like she's a wilton flower i'm gonna take care of her and she needs me for everything basically that's kind of how i got but it's not like she wasn't her own woman to begin with you know what i mean and, and that's I- almost like stuffed you know what i mean and and you see it through the movie 
And I feel like that's how he saw Madison, too, as this kind of adoring, you know, college student that would just fall for whatever. And that makes the unity of Claire and Madison that much stronger because these two women are essentially betrayed by this man. And so they come together in a way that kind of brings back a little bit of their um, strength and their, you know, a little bit of their dignity. So, hey, do you know who the actress who plays uh, Madison Peter, did you um, catch that? The, the name is Amber Valletta. I don't know who she is. I, I thought it was Diane Kruger. She she played Allegra in Hitch. Yep. She played Allegra Cole, the love interest for, uh, what's his name? For, Something um, James. Kevin James. Kevin, Kevin James, James yeah. in okay. the movie Hitch. Okay. That's her, yeah. Oh, so I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't recognize it now. I mean, I remember Hitch, but I'm trying to remember yeah. Yeah. the girl. Um, I kind of vaguely remember her. Um, but I know she was supposed to be like some sort of like socialite, right? And yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because yeah. because the role was a little bit smaller, so I oh, yeah, I don't exactly. watch Hitchin, um enough to recognize her. But before we actually saw what the real Madison looked like, we only got glimpses of her as of like a ghost, a, a ghost or apparition. Yeah, I thought it was Diane Kruger from um, uh, like National Treasure, and that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're I mean, similar. I mean. <laughs> By the way, bringing it, tying it right back to the Smiths. Yeah, we brought yeah, a pitch. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um, well, I, I don't know. I, I think we kind of went through a lot of the movie, but um, yeah. What do you guys think about like some of the reveals, like towards the end there? Because um, everything was making sense, so it wasn't Claire. It, it was it was Norman this whole time. So again, I really uh, love I love the fact that you know Harrison Ford was playing a bad guy, murderous, uh, you know, against type. Yeah, I really love the like I said earlier the kind of unifying they used they as in the writers and directors used this idea of being possessed and seeing ghosts as a good thing as opposed to oh she's mm. losing it she's going crazy mm-hmm. blah 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 they used it as a positive in a way to solve a murder which i thought was really great um and i also the only thing that i was kind of like eh i didn't really need the box i don't really need that and uh for some reason i kept freaking out thinking that um claire's best friend was going to mm. get murdered <laughs> because <laughs> I couldn't remember what happened to Claire's friend. I must have been mixing it up with another movie or something, but happy to know she didn't get murdered because I like yeah, the best friend. Um, but yeah, I think I pretty much like pinpointed the stuff that I really liked about the reveals. Yeah, I like all that. I like that. When I, I really do like that Madison grabbed uh, Norman at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like the use of special effects to change her from like an actual, like, I guess her body or her decomposing body, like grabbing him and pulling him down and then turning back into like, first like an apparition slash part of her body and then turning her back to just, you know, Mm -hmm. skeleton basically, you know, so a broken down, you know, like decomposing body and dragging his ass down to the, to the water. Right. How fitting that it was like him being thrown into the water, you know, drowning and stuff. So that was pretty cool. And the one thing I'll say, and then I'll stop talking (laughs) is um, that when they did that scene of her, of uh, Madison grabbing Norman and bringing him into the depths, um, the way that 
Madison looked as she was transitioning from skeletal to to uh, living Madison, it super reminded me of um, Indiana Jones, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark at the end when, you know, they open up the ark and people's faces were changing and the ghosts (laughs) that were coming out. I know the ghosts that were coming or, you know, aberrations that were coming out of the ark, that face, that transition, those, those, that, um, special effect remind me a lot of like that, you know, those two things look similar to me. You you know what? Uh, I just remembered too. um, You guys are talking about like the transitions, the special effects. I really like the part where Norman sees like the necklace and he tries to remove it off of Claire in the bathtub. And then as he's about to put her back down, it's Madison's face. Yes. Thinking about it, gave that me was the, so the heebie-jeebies. That was good. Yeah. That was another kind of a jump scare too, like a little bit. Yeah, that was yeah, good. That was pretty good. And like, you know, I mean, naming him Norman, I, I think was very deliberate uh, because, I mean, I know you don't have a lot of options of getting rid of a car, but like Norman Bates in Psycho, you know, he drives the vehicle into, you know, a body of water. So mm-hmm. same, same thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I uh, like I like what you said about how like we're used to seeing like the the, the ghosts kind of being bad, but I, I guess there's a uh, you know fair share of movies that do make them good uh, as well, and this is definitely one of them. So Madison wasn't there. I mean, yeah. uh, I guess she was there to uh, avenge her own death. You know, she wants to be Sam Wheat in this in this yeah. scenario, and she wants to go to heaven. <laughs> yeah, but Sam Sam was worse. I don't think he was good. But let's just keep going. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Well, let's see here um, on. On the on the Google machine here, which by the way Google is telling me that it's also available on Crackle, uh, but as oh. I understand it, Crackle is one of those like ab supported, ab ad supported mm-hmm. apps. Yeah, like like um, Tubi, like right? Tubi, yeah, Tubi yeah. and Pluto. Pluto TV is another one. Uh, so yeah, if you guys have Showtime, watch it on that without the because uh, it clocks in at two hours, doesn't it? It's like two ten over two ten. Yeah. Which by the way, I, I normally would be. Um, Thinking, man, maybe it would drag a little long. Maybe there was a couple of things that could have cut out. Like you're saying, the box, they should, the yeah. box might have been taken out, you know, make it like just slightly under two. But it wasn't necessarily dragging to me. You know what I mean? Overall. I didn't think so either. I, I yeah. think, uh, again, like Michelle Pfeiffer did such a good job. You're just watching her. Look, just welcome to the, come to join the club. <laughs> yeah. Join the join club. The <laughs> join the Michelle Pfeiffer fan club. Because, man, this is like, yeah, I'm just saying. Look, I, I'm for, I'm like, am I losing, losing, I don't even know what to say. Michelle no, Pfeiffer. No, 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 <laughs> okay, so I've always liked her, but watching her again in this one, I, I, I think I might have like um, realized that maybe I was a, a closet fan of Michelle Pfeiffer. I was like, she is really, really good in this movie. Yeah, she absolutely is. Um, yeah. Did you guys uh, ever watch The Story of Us? Um, it came. I think it came out the year before with her and Bruce Willis, it, you know, like a, a broken marriage couple. Mar- oh, marriage, married couple. No, no yeah. that's I, I remembered. So I remember when that came out to the movie theater. Um, my then girlfriend, uh, Phoenix's mom, we actually went to go watch that, and I feel like we were the youngest couple in there, you know, because it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's about it's about a marriage, a married couple, you know, uh, right? And their trials and tribulations. Yeah, I feel like it was like a lot much older couples that were in there watching it. But um, I'd be interested to see how she is in that one because that's just the year before. You know, so I might uh, have to go back and just look through her filmography and, you know, see what movies I've missed and, and rewatch those. Right. So right. what do you guys think? This one's underseen? I think so. I think so, too. But I wanted to um, say 
uh, about something you mentioned earlier when you were talking about it being spoofed on the movie. Um, was it Scream? What was it? Uh, I think Scary Scary Movie movie. 2, I think, is where it was. Because I remember Sean Wayans, um, at one point, he's wearing the red dress. Right. (laughs) So I want to say real quick that I feel like whenever something is spoofed, it might have been more of a popular thing than maybe we think. Is that me? Am I misjudging that? No, I think you're right. No, I I think you're absolutely right. Because it's not like they're compiling a bunch of scary movies together and be like, oh... You know, um, I think they had to have seen it and, and you know, the conscious decision of using certain moments from the movie to parody, the, I think those are very deliberate, you know. And so yeah. they must have known that uh, that movie was at least received well enough to have right. used, you know, because they're not going to use something obscure and, and have people miss the joke. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think you're right on that. So I felt like it was more than maybe what we remember it because I don't remember it being like this phenomena, but I definitely feel like both times watching it 20 years apart, um, I still find it just as good, if not even better the second time around. And maybe it's better in the sense that I had forgotten about it. And then to come back to it like it's a new movie almost yeah, um, makes it feel a little bit better. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I think um, of the psychological thrillers, I feel that this is one of those that is a little bit more of a slow burn. But also, you're getting so much from Michelle Pfeiffer. You know, I've been saying it, and I think we all agree that she's very much the uh, MVP in this movie. Um, You know, the year before, you had The Sixth Sense. Um, I feel two years after we get The Stir of Echoes. Oh, gosh, I forget when that one came out. Actually, that might have been 99 also. When did The Gift come out? The Gift came out 2000 as well. Another okay. good one. Because that's another good one that's kind of on a similar, not quite the same, but some kind of no, elements. No, I would say it's the similar, same. Right? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, matter of fact, Keanu Reeves plays a uh, abusive um, husband to Hillary Swank that's in that right. movie. Yeah. Holy crap. I forgot that he was in that. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to watch that again. Because it has one of my faves too. Uh, Katie Holmes? No. no. Kate Blanchett? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, wasn't she also in Lord of the Rings? Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. I have to keep. T- he's looking at me. I'm like, oh shit! I gotta, I gotta go through the rolodex of his girls. You know, yeah, I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, we we are listing out some, um, some some pretty good psychological thrillers as far as i remember because there was definitely a wave of them ever since six cents came out yep Mm -hmm. you know so um i think in the near future if we don't have any sexy anniversaries shit let's sprinkle in some stir of echoes the gift i mean the gift i would like to see stir of echoes again to be honest because that's i remember liking that and thinking that was a really good suspense thriller too and i am mildly interested in possibly checking out the sequel which had rob lowe in it Oh, Stir of Echoes with an S? Wow. Um, Stir of Echoes. Echoes, two S's? I don't know. <laughs> there might be English a is hard. Uh, squared. You know? <laughs> Stir of Echoes squared. Stir wow. Of Echoes, uh, English, Stir of Echoes. English and math is hard, dude. <laughs> now, that one, the sequel, went, I'm pretty sure went straight to video. But the fact that you know it's Rob Lowe attached, that makes me interested in possibly checking it out. If it was any other rando, then I'd be like, oh, no, they're clearly capitalizing on... On, on the name, but for Rob Lowe to do the Kevin Bacon sequel, oh, it might be interesting. I'm not sure. I'm not a 
as much signed really. on. Yeah, no, like no. Roblo. No, Roblo isn't. No. Uh, that's is not going to be for you guys. That's no? not going to be. Yeah, it's not a selling yeah. part for point for me. Yeah. I'm maybe, not maybe anti early. it. Maybe early Roblo would be better. I've never been a big Roblo fan, to be quite honest. Mm, interesting. I was okay. much more of a like. Uh, What's the the dark the dark um haired dude Judd Hurt uh Judd Judd Nelson Judd Nelson Judd, really Bender yeah. Judd Nelson or or Kevin or Spader you were into uh, the Bender guy uh I'm trying to remember now I guess girls I'm, did like Bender you know because he was like the bad boy right mm-hmm mm-hmm that, is that I'm thinking of um Breakfast I'm thinking of the Breakfast Club okay so that's right. and I'm thinking yes yeah okay New yes. Jack City he was the punk right r- <laughs> punk New Jack City maybe you're thinking of New Jack City John Nelson <laughs> uh no that's gonna be a no <laughs> Allegra also does not like him putting his uh shoes on dude's bed just saying I oh, mean that's uh, not right <laughs> who in the right mind <laughs> look look Peter not to be like well okay I guess maybe get a little racisty here but you know I come from a from knowing people who like you have to take your shoes off at the front of the house yeah. you take them off you leave them out there maybe it's a cultural thing whatever but no that means there's no chance your your dirty ass shoes are going to be on my couch or on my bed and tracking stuff in from the outside yeah. there's all that too there's all of that too. gross yeah, exactly yeah. it's disgusting if covid showed us has taught us anything there's a lot of gross ass shit out there yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> um so online imdb has this movie rated at 6.6 out of 10 right so it's uh it's about average and ron tomatoes actually has it uh rotten at 46 percent oh geez what the hell were they yeah. watching well, you know, yeah. um, I, I, I can see people think this movie, you know, could be boring, right? I, I said that this is more of a slow burn of right. like a, a, lot point, of yeah. The, uh, a lot of the thrillers out there. The jump scares are well earned. I don't think there was anything that was, well, I, I guess it's to the interpretation of, of you know, yeah, each individual, uh, individual, but I feel the jump scares are earned. Some may say, well, they're, they're kind of fake, you know, like the... You know, when uh, Clara's looking at the husband next door and then gets, uh, the, you know, the jump scare comes from Harrison Ford. So you can say that's fake. I don't know. But I mean, that's still something. It's not, it's not no, nothing that is, where. That's earned. That's like okay. we've already been set up to have her have that scare because of her doubt of herself. Now, here's the thing, too, Peter. Do you think that people want more jump scares? And maybe that's what they're looking for, thinking that it, instead of a maybe psychological thrillers, not necessarily like in their wheelhouse, more thinking of horror where. Here's the thing, like, and I saw a tweet by someone who's into horror movies a lot, basically saying that jump scares does not equal horror, you know what I mean? Which is, I think, right. what people's mentality is, which is right. Like, there's a lot of different kinds of horror, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And as far as, like, suspense is concerned, this movie was very suspenseful. There was a lot going on. And it is two hours long, and I can see how maybe the attention span or just the general, like, buildup is too much for, for people, and that could be the case. I can definitely see that, you know what I mean? And you know, they don't make movies like the old days where you can have a long running like build up and not much happening until you get to whatever the action is, you know, and, and have it still work. Yeah. And that's why in the beginning of our of this discussion, um, the thing I said was, if it's your thing, because not everybody has the patience. I am one of those people that loves to listen to three hour podcasts. So I don't have I don't have an issue with patience. Mm. But um, if you do, then this may not be for you because it is. And, and I find that with a lot of psych dramas and um, whodunit psych dramas that they 
build up. That's part of the psychological part of it, right? Is that it's building a story to um, explain why this person is having this turmoil, this mental and emotional turmoil. So like, if that's not your thing, this movie's not for you, you know? I, I don't agree with the Rotten Tomatoes assumption, even at its worst, even if it wasn't my cup of tea, I would still at least give it about a 70%, 75. Yeah. Um, because it's my cup of tea, I would probably, you know, I'm bumping it up to a B, you know, okay. like an 80. Well, I, I usually don't read this. Um, the funny thing is because I, I do search on Google, but I only go off of IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. But the Google users, 86% of them like this movie. Mm. Yeah, I'm more on that. On yeah, that, that's more. I'm, more. I'm on the 80, 80 to eighty five percent. because 80, I think 85. because it, it. But here, here we go. Though I do like enjoy Alfred Hitchcock movies. Do you know what I mean? Like there was plenty of them made, and there even the ones that maybe are not like the, you know like the Rear Window or Birds or whatever. You know that are that have a lot of build up and suspense. And again, those movies I don't think are that that long, but there is a lot of build up because it's about character study and and like as we're saying, Claire played you know played by Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, Faith, um, really <laughs> was a really fleshed out character. We got to see a lot of elements from her. And of course, you have an actor who can bring it all out, you know, and Harrison Ford played his role really well because he's a great actor, too. So it's, there's a lot of, you know, and even with the side, you know, characters, tidbits here and there, you get some really good acting and you get some good development, particularly those two characters, particularly with Claire. So, yeah. And I would say, um, just to kind of piggyback a little bit on that, um, as a Hitchcock person, it reminds me a lot of Rebecca, which was his first, I think, American um uh, release um, but Rebecca it reminded me a lot of Marnie which I think used the rear mm-hmm. uh, w- rear view mirror as a um, shooting point or directional point um, and you know I love those two and and they have very similar um, subject matter in that it's a woman focused thing where the woman is kind of being gaslit for the most part of the movie so yeah I I if you are that person, then this movie's for yeah, you. Right. Hey, you know, by the way, I was looking at uh, how much it costs. It costs $100 million to make, and it may end up making about uh, two ninety one. it mm. says here. So yeah. it's pretty good. I mean, you know, for for what it is. So, you know, again, but you're right, Peter. People were probably looking for thrillers because of The Sixth Sense. That yeah. makes perfect sense. Hollywood tends to go on those kind of, those very predictable patterns of like, oh, this movie was a hit. Let's make, a, you know, let's, let's green light all the ones that are like similar or, you know, that, that, that we haven't greenlit before because oh, we sure. didn't care. <laughs> the, you know, I can see like all the pitches be like, all right, is it like six? Yes. Is there is there a twist? There's two twists. Two twists. I like it. Let's let's do it. Let's make this movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's twice as good. Two yeah. twists. <laughs> I don't care about the story. Is there a twist or yeah, two? Right. All right. Let, let's let's do it. Um, <laughs> right. Very simple. But yeah, I I like this movie. Um, you know, I don't know if I'll ever be like in the mood to. To be, oh yeah, let me watch some What Lies Beneath, but I'm not going to dismiss it too. You know, I this is definitely going to um, be in the list. You know, because actually, what's funny is uh, somebody reached out to me last night and I was like, "Hey, you got any um, psychological thrillers?" And I did not list this one because at the time I, I I watched this later last night. I watched it. I started it at like at ten o'clock, so this was kind of like still early evening when this person asked me, and uh, I told him, "Oh." Um, Primal Fear, you know that's one of my favorites. Yeah. I, I wish I wish to review that at some point. Yeah, I we like, should. Oh, I like that one. Uh, yeah, we should. Primal Fear and one that's a little less psychological thriller, more of like a thriller who done it was The Frighteners. That's always my go to. 
you know, I go, that one's a little lighter, which also, that's Peter Jackson and um, Michael J. Fox. Oh, never heard of that. Really? You guys haven't seen The Frighteners? I haven't mm-hmm. seen it, but I've heard of it. Oh, you yeah, guys got to watch that it. one. Yeah, okay. it's it's got some comedy elements to it, but uh, Michael J. Fox, yeah, Mutant Feast, we reviewed that one. It was one of our early reviews, too. But Michael J. Fox is, um, he can see ghosts, and oh. he's a con man, but... While this is all going on, him conning people, uh, people also start to die. And then there's like a pattern, too. And they think he's involved um, because, you know, because of his reputation. Um, but it's really good. Is Peter Jackson right before. I mean, it came out in 97, I think it was. So oh, this that is, is you know, right before yeah, Lord of the Rings. Right. A few years right before it. And um, yeah. he has like one little cameo where Michael J. Fox bumps into him. And so it's like, you know, big Peter Jackson, right? Before he starts losing all the weight. Right. From doing all the mm-hmm. L-O-T-R movies. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm intrigued with the idea of Michael J. Fox, um, America's sweetheart at the time, being, you know, a con man. That's yeah. intriguing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he's kind of a dirtbag in that movie, too. Um, Love it. Oh, you guys got to watch that if if you have some time this afternoon. Like, yeah, that sounds good. Immediately. <laughs> Uh, okay. All right. Well, that's all we got. Allegra, thank you for uh, joining in on this. Um, where can people find you? Because you guys just kind of revamped uh, History of Color as well. Oh, look at you. Thanks for the setup, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah History of Color. We uh, did a little a little tweaking of it, and um, we're going to make it more season-based uh, rather than trying to drop something every single month, which is what we were doing in the past. Um, we've got a lot of stuff lined up, it turns out, with History of Color, which I'm really excited about. But we just dropped our revamp. Um, we have two new episodes now. And... Um, um, yeah, check it out. And if you want to tweet at me, I'm at uh, color underscore history of. Um, and yeah, I love hearing ideas. I'd love getting feedback. So please send it over to me. And you can find me on Twitter at Pop Elefante. That's at P-A-P-A-E-L-E-F-A-N-T-E. And um, I know that after this, I guess me ghosts will drop before this. So, you know, yes. yeah, come at me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel strongly about Yikes. that film. <laughs> I used right. to love Ghost. Ghost was my shit. I still it like really it. Really was, I still and like I it. was like quoting stuff as we were watching it. Too. I know you were. <laughs> um, but uh, just to pimp out another thing you've done, um, I kind of mentioned how Mariano and I were doing the uh, the nineties uh, on music in my brain. You recently did something with Karen and talked about uh, Mary J. Blige, which I really enjoyed that episode because I love you some fun. Mary J. too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yo, yeah. Mary J is the shit, dude. Oh my god. Yeah. Stay tuned so for cool. stay tuned for more of those music appreciations. By the way, on Music Ate My Brain, because we're that's another project that's uh, uh close to my heart, and mm-hmm. um, maybe we'll rope you into something, mm-hmm. Peter. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I think um, what you guys are doing it's is it's something I've always wanted to do with certain artists uh, as well, because I think it's also a fun way to you to to do like a top ten. You know, is to appreciate yep. these artists and and what yep. have you. Um, I I I dropped his name earlier, Joe Thomas. You know, when I was reading yep. like the top ten of the the songs from two thousand, Joe Thomas is a guy who I've been wanting to cover um, because I love so much of his music. Well, Lego is going to ask you to be on the Matchbox Twenty appreciation Ooh, uh, episode. Sure, I heard Bent sure is a great song. <laughs> we'll oh, talk oh. about Bent for twenty minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I don't right. even know right. if I like that song. Enough shade. Enough yes, shade. Yes. Okay. All right, guys. Um, All right. For those that want to follow me on social media, Podstagic on Twitter and Instagram. So thanks, as always, for su- uh, supporting the show. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Cortem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.